just so that it gets so the sound good. Can you handle that? Oh boy. Can you handle the mic? Do you have a thing? A what? A no. hold? A mic stand? Okay, I'll do it. I'll do it then. Yeah, hold it. Okay, is this good? Yeah. All right. Yeah, we are we are rolling. Oh boy. But do I just eat peanuts yeah. and things while we're on? You can if you want to. It's all yours. Won't people be like, why is he eating? Yeah. I don't stuff? think we've had a guest eat. So no, we yeah, haven't. Oh you, you do what we, you want. We've spoken to world-class chefs. best-in-the-world chefs. Chefs. Uh, but we've never had anybody eating, so no. I think that's good. So go ahead. <laughs> now it feels like a sketch. Up to you. Oh. Um, oh, hi, I'm Margaret Cho. You're listening to Monsters of Talk. I'm here with my co-host. Hello, I am Jim Short. Jim, we're in Salt Lake City. We just did a great show at the... Wise guys? Wise guys. <laughs> no, oh, Margaret, pause, because I was, pause, like, I, was I, I just making sure that I can hear it well. Yeah, I we got the headphones a, on. Yeah. We just did a great show at Wise Guys, and now we're done, and we had a special guest with us, our friend, Barry Sobel, who's now looking for his lemonade and vodka. Is that over there? I, well, I moved it because I didn't want it to be around the... Put it, put it there to rest. Barry Sobel, who is an icon, a comedy legend, an icon... A good friend of mine and somebody I really love. Oh, wow. Thank you so much. You are sweetie. Thanks for doing our podcast. I feel the same way about you and now the new Jim. Because I didn't know Jim. You we had... didn't know, but... Um, Isn't Jim wonderful? Uh, you, you go and do a lot of shows with him, right? Yeah, yeah. Your life is so much easier because he's from another country. People from another country just make your life easier. Because mm-hmm. they come from a different perspective. Mm-hmm. And it's like it's not like another comedian. It's like a whole different world. It's another comedian and a whole other world. Mm. But he's also very Jim's. Very, you feel very American. I find you very American. Well, I've been, well I, I sort of exist and don't exist in two different worlds. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not accepted anywhere. <laughs> I go to Australia, like bloody hell, where's this bastard from? Where are you? Where are you from, mate? And over here, it's like. Uh, you know, well, I, I get the weird, like, because everybody from every country gets, like, the racist questions, mm-hmm. you know. But not that it's Australian would be racist, but people ask me just the weirdest shit, like, you know, do I know this person or that person or whatever, or, you know. Or, or somebody said to me once, would you come over to my house and put on a blue shirt and pretend to be one of the Wiggles? What's that? The Wiggles was that kid's show mm-hmm. with those Australian guys. And they'd wear, no. they'd wear the multi, the different, each one had a different turtleneck and, on. And this is racist. It's, well, it's fucking racist. Like, <laughs> like, I'm not a Wiggle. No. No, I'm not a Wiggle. No. But, uh, so, no. yeah. But what I was saying is it, it, that I'm saying he's cooler because he's from another country. Yeah, he's way cooler. Like, all the hours we have spent together, it's just been cool. Me and Baz have cool. gotten along quite well. Baz? Baz, eh? Because an Australian would call Barry Baz. We will not say the full name. Baza. We'll say we'll call you Baz Baza. or Baza, which actually takes longer than saying Barry. <laughs> Baza or, uh, or Gaz. If somebody's name's Gary, there'd be Gaz or Gaz. Can I call you guys Baza? We, I think we're all, we're all a bit Baza tonight. Is it, is it a derivative Baza. of Barry or is it a... It's just Is a, it a euphemism? It's an abbreviation it? and then they add some Zs to it, which it doesn't even make sense. No, it doesn't make sense, but it's it's Baza. A Z. Uh, so Baz, I like Baz for you because it's that that seems like you should have Zs in your name. <laughs> I appreciate that. Don't you think? I, I like that. By the way, I can't let this moment go without bringing up our friend Ben Lee, who's my most Australian friend ever. But Barry's fucking us. Barry's Barry's fucking into Ben Lee. Ben Lee is the greatest. I was the lucky. It was the luckiest thing. I did the three-minute talk show with Barry Sobel, mm-hmm. and uh, 
I needed a musical director, someone who could be my Paul Schaefer. And I had just seen that he was working with Margaret Cho. And I go, what? Why does, why does everyone get to do cool things? Margaret Cho gets to do so many <laughs> cool things in her life. I do. I want, I, want a, I want a Ben Lee. When I was a kid, I was on a TV show called 227. Yes. I went, you I went, to, I, that's, that's right. right. Yes. That's right. I was the white guy. Yeah. Or as I like to call it, the wiggle on the show. Yes. Come on, I'm calling it back. <laughs> The baby, Hash. you baby, you're a little baby. You were a little baby on that show with Jack K. With Jack K. Uh, what was wait, that wait, like? Wait, what did she? Wait, what did she say again? What's your Mary? <laughs> what did she say? How did she? What did she do? You were the one on the show. What did she do? Um, she was well, a sassy. She was sassy. She would always go Mary. But the thing was, I had done. This is. I don't want to get this wrong because this is my second official podcast. The first was the Doug Stanhope podcast. My old friend. And he's the greatest, I but love him. his audience is not as generous. And so it would seem like every time I was saying something, it was as, as if I was dropping like a name dropping of my own career. But Which if you I don't, should. You have would, an amazing right, career. But if I don't say it, it's almost like nobody knows it. But if I mm-hmm. say it, but let me just say, I was on a show called 227. The reason I bring it up was because I went to Ben Way records in venice beach to see ben lee perform mm-hmm. in store yeah and he wrote on a i think it was called a record back then they had mm-hmm. records maybe it was a cd he wrote to to the boy on 227 ben lee he wow. knew me from 227 wow and it was a big deal for him to meet the guy from 227 right which i would have never wow imagined so cut to lots of years later i, I guess because you know facebook has made it like you could just reach out oh, by the way <laughs> it used to be in the old days you would call people or or email and now mm-hmm. you reach out to people mm-hmm. so it's like does that mean I'm, I'm just reaching out to you it's usually about money or a favor yeah. but uh so or, or a ride or a ride i'm yeah. just reaching out so uh out of nowhere i saw that he was working with you and i had this show and i went hey it's it's me barry so <laughs> the kid from two i had seen him in a few places yeah i said hey you're working with margaret Cho, and I, i'm doing this thing where i need a paul schaefer yeah and he, uh, I go, and he just came in to meet, but I already wanted him. And he was just, he was just the greatest person because as I'd mentioned to Jim, and I don't want to get too serious too quickly, I was suffering from something. I was on a drug that I couldn't get off of for a number of years called benzodiazepine. And I was just going through the motions of the three minute talk show, knowing that at the, that I'm never going to get to filming it because I'm going to be dead before then. Mm-hmm. So I was fearless because I'm never going to get to the shoot date because there's no way I could do the shoot date because mm-hmm. the drugs are making me not want to live. So I'm I'm not ever going to get there. So I'm just going through the motions and every day. So I was like, okay, I'm going to hire Ben Lee. And Ben Lee comes in and he was fantastic. But the show is a very complicated concept. Mm-hmm. I had it on I had it on Comedy Central in 1996. I, I did a... Uh, it was called the Barry Sobel Show. Yeah. It was a three-minute talk show. <laughs> it was. <laughs> Wait, I don't want to. You you said that like you were uh, NPR type of. No, I'm listening. No, 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 no. I know, I know, no, no, I know. No, I need no, no. Listen to me, like I'm. Okay. No, I know you're listening. I, I, I was. That, it was adorable how you no, said that. That I was know, adorable. I love that you're sharing this. So, like, I'm just, I'm just supporting you. No, no, I know that. I just thought it was adorable. Yeah. It almost made me cry how you did that. I yeah. I want to cry. That's okay. She so loves. What? She loves you. I, I, I have. Love oh, thanks. I have a question, and because it's in my mind, I have to ask. Did Ben Lee say to the boy from 227 or did he say to the boy from double two seven? <laughs> no, he, <laughs> I think it was 227. Well, he, so he, he, got, he, he used the American yeah. vernacular for yeah, that. Yeah, definitely. But the thing about it was... Anyway, but he still to, calls, him, to, calls him Baza. Baza. In, in 1996, I, I'd, like, I had this idea. This is the longest, most complicated story. I, ho- I hope you don't mind. 
Somewhere in the 90s, I went to a Blur concert, and they did an oh, instrumental. Tell. But it's all a blur, right? <laughs> it's, all, it's all a blur. <laughs> what? Wait for it. Con- concert. No, it's no, all a blur. Nobody was at the show, so you can't call back from the show. Okay. Here's, here's the beautiful thing about this. We are... <laughs> Wait, but I just want to say no. That's an, don't do callbacks from the show because nobody was there. So no, but that's just in general. People go wait for it. No, they go, I was at a blur. No. Wait for it concert. Yes. It was all a blur. Wait for it concert. <laughs> so uh, they did a song called Super Shopper, which is an instrumental. Goes and I always had this idea for like why can't we do the Letterman show in an hour? Mm-hmm. The hour long, the hour long Letterman show. Why can't we do it in like five minutes? Yeah. And I saw this theme to my show they were doing this instrumental i went that's the theme to the show i have to do this so i went and met i went backstage because this was at the palace the story is so long this is at the palace in hollywood where i filmed my only hbo special Mm -hmm. so i had some juice there they gave me backstage passes Mm -hmm. and i got to meet damon alburn and i said hey that song you do can i use it for my my talk show that i have i said i had the show i Mm -hmm. lied so I said, I have it. It goes, oh, absolutely. It's, it's, oh. It's, a, it's the B-side of Park Life. Oh. I don't even know what's going on because I wasn't really a Blur fan at the time. And I go, mm-hmm. okay, so I'll go get that. And he gave me his number. And of course, as I mentioned to you, Damon Alburn, the loveliest man on the planet Earth. So then I had the theme song. So I went out and shot seven five-minute shows. And Chris mm-hmm. Rock was on. I remember Jay Moore was on. Fred Willard, of course, was the co-host. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. And then I, I brought it in. Uh, for, I had a lot more juice then. I brought it into the president of Comedy Central. Yeah. And he played it. It was a, again, it was a five-minute talk show. And he says to me, after watching one of them, he goes, if you can cut this down to three, I'll give you the show right now. Mm-hmm. And I go, <laughs> five minutes with my crazy long-winded ideas. <laughs> so uh, he had an idea to do interstitial programming where every in between each show, it, I would be on Comedy Central. I was on like a hundred times a week like an MTV video. Right. Yeah. Dr. Katz would... I didn't even know this. They have like five minutes. I don't know how this works where they buy it for themselves via comedy. Yeah. So this was an advertisement for Comedy Central. So I was on, Dr. Katz would end two minutes to the hour and I was on from, what was that, 58 to 01 of the mm-hmm. hour and then whatever would come on after that back in those days. Yeah. So I had this show and then Tom Hanks, uh, I was developing this cartoon called Cartoon 03 that you, that you love and you were nice enough to Instagram out. The, the, I okay okay cool and then uh so on the very first three minute talk show called the barry sobel show we had uh we needed a comedian who would be an open micer who would be bumped in the middle of the setup of his joke yeah so there's this kid who wanted to meet me for the whole year john lamonica of lamonica's pizza in westwood do you guys know lamonica's pizza in no westwood? no yes. no Yes. Okay. There's a guy in John Monica. Okay. I just he was there um, about a month ago. All right. He was calling me all the time. He says, this guy wants to meet you. And believe it or not, this was the only year of my life where I was busy. And I went, I, I can't meet anyone right now. I'm doing this thing. Mm-hmm. And that, that, that we needed this kid. So we go. So I went to see Jimmy Fallon at the Improv. Mm-hmm. And I had him come in to read for the comedian who gets bumped. Oh, uh-huh. So he comes out, he goes, hey, okay, it's a three-minute show, and it mm-hmm. ends exactly on three minutes. Mm-hmm. So he comes out, he goes, hey, everybody, I'm from upstate New York, a place called Socrates, and right on the G of Socrates, I go, great job, great job. <laughs> and, he, and he looks around, and he does the take, and he sells the whole show. He sells the entire show for me, and this is his first appearance <laughs> on anything. Aww. Wow. So Gary Getzman, Tom Hanks' partner, now this, this, finally, this will, this will go, at least this, this story is now in this decade. Yes, <laughs> he, yes. He, he goes, uh, 
I'm sitting here going, how the fuck did you keep anything to three minutes? Oh, thanks. Uh, nice. Yeah. Nice. Is it nice? No, I'm, I'm just, Is it nice? I'm having no, a wait call, for it. Now you're calling back. Now you're, <laughs> you're allowed to. to we're allowed to. We're you're allowed to. No, 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 no. Nobody because, was at the show. That's right. Okay, nobody well, listening was at the show, so you can't call back. Well, but I'll state it later about how people say nice when <laughs> things aren't nice. You, but you can't call back, though. I'm not calling back. Right. But and I, was only, I was only having a laugh. Yeah. I love, we it's love, a laugh. I love long stories. Wait. I love you. Wait. Okay. So, so here's a. So we're, we're developing Cartoon 03, and then the internet becomes gigantic, and Gary Getzman uh, is Tom Hanks' partner, and he goes, uh, Everyone's coming to us asking us for ideas for the internet, but we don't, at Playtone, but we don't really have internet ideas. We have movie and TV ideas. Can we use your three minute show? Because every time I come in for a meeting, for the for Cartoon 03, Gary Getzman would go, great job. He would do what I did to Jimmy Fallon every time <laughs> for 10 years. So he himself, with Tom in a room, sold to Lexus, or it's called L Studio, my show. And then we and they gave us a gazillion dollars to do the three-minute talk show again. And they wanted to call it, on the nose, the three-minute talk show with Barry Sobel. So I was dying. It's a long story. A long story short, I was dying. I was never going to get to the filming of it. And Ben Lee comes in, and it is a very complicated concept because we have gigantic A-list movie stars. I wanted to script the whole thing out, so I wrote. Oh my god, I forgot I wrote a Margaret Cho. So uh, I wrote. We had three months of pre-production, so all we would do is write all these scripts, what everyone would say word for word on mm-hmm. a three-minute or five-minute show. So there was a uh, I forget the Margaret Cho one. It was you and Johnny Depp, and you were going to be playing uh, my baby's mama. Oh yeah. Because I'm your baby mama. Yeah, and then uh, baby mama. <laughs> the uh, I forget what happens, but you're <laughs> off to the side, and I have a uh, some sort of statue on my desk, mm-hmm. and you throw like an odd job hat at it, and it's a big close up, and it's Margaret Cho, like in an odd job from Goldfinger. Are we still with me? Mm-hmm. <laughs> kind of. Mm-hmm. Okay. I anyway, that. it was it was a great script. So we were writing these scripts. And we had three months of pre-production. It was, a, it was unbelievably difficult show because the only person who understood how the show could possibly work was me. Mm-hmm. And I was dying on drugs. And I was terrible every day at the office, although no one really saw it. And, uh, and this guy, this comedian, Sean Perlman, like saved my life every day. He was like, oh, I'll explain that in a second. And so in comes Ben Lee. And I didn't think the show was going to work. And then I go like, why don't we think of a theme song for the show? And I, you know, the show might go three or four or five minutes. So I go, how about it's a three minute show? You know, one of those. It's three, four, five minutes. You know how it goes. Mm-hmm. Next day, he's in another country. He he emails me back on the phone ten songs. If a mm-hmm. guest would come out, he goes, Tom Hanks, a nice guy that doesn't take drugs. Tom Hanks, <laughs> and he would go, uh, Jimmy Fallon has a lot of famous friends. Radiohead, everyone pretending that they like them. He just, <laughs> he just did all these, you know, the clo- like George Clooney would be the clown dog, the clown dog. You oh, feel actually, so great. Actually, Jim's got something to chime in on Radiohead of that topic about how everybody pretends to like them. About Radiohead? Yeah. It's like that, that idea that like, yeah, I don't know, like everybody's like not really that into it, like like Radiohead's well, like why don't you think why don't you think and I'll just I could finish this I could finish yeah I was thinking that you had a bit about you have a bit about Radiohead like mm, not that good no I don't have that bit <laughs> I don't know whose bit that is 
Who is that? Why do I think it's you? I don't know. It's like I'm not that into but, it. I, people have people have. Well, you know what? Well, because uh, we're gonna we were gonna have the Radiohead conversation. Let's have you it have now. Okay, wait, wait. wait you before you do, it. you have said that you do, you're not that into it because I've listened to a lot we of podcasts. Love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We you have know talked it's about great. It. Oh, you know who it is? Fucking Noel Gallagher. Oh, that's those, right. Those interviews. No, that's what those it interviews is. with Noel Gallagher. That's it. Where he's going, I fucking love, I love Radiohead, but fuck me, nobody ever fucking goes. You know what this moment needs right now? Fucking paranoid Android. <laughs> <laughs> fucking put on paranoid fucking Android right now. Never fucking happens. That's what it was. That's what I was thinking. Of. It was. It was. I'm sorry. I didn't catch that. Yeah. That's what it is. I loved Radiohead. From a great I, I love Radiohead, but I have a lot of deep connection to Britpop. Like that's what I love. I love Damon, but I think I really love Noel. But I think ultimately, I really love Stone Roses. What? I think that's well. You know, I was betrothed to um, Huda Gurus. What? At one point. <laughs> Was this an arranged marriage? This was an arranged marriage a long time, a long, 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 long time ago. I was in a, um, uh, you know, I was hanging around with like um, Red Cross, who I love. It's a great band in LA. Wow. They're power pop that you would love them. They're amazing. And they, they were with the Huda Gurus. They were hanging out. And um, they were also hanging out with Teenage Fan Club oh, a yeah. lot. But people were saying, you know, the lead singer of the Huda Gurus really likes you. You should go out with him. And that was sort of a setup thing, but then it never really happened. So I was betrothed to oh, in an indie rock way. Yeah. But it never really worked out. And then I think he had some sort of um, uh, air rage thing on an airplane. He was put into Wormwood Scrubs. Oh, was he? Yeah, the, oh. guy, the guy from Huda Gurus. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, he was in prison. Wormwood, Wormwood Scrubs is really pretty. Yeah, oh it boy. just sounds it just sounds rough. Yeah, it's rough. It sounds like rough. Yeah. Like that's where they'd send them from EastEnders. Yeah. You're yeah. Gonna, gonna do my time in Wormwood Scrubs. And then you don't want to go. With that fucking geezer from Udu Gurus. Udu Gurus. And you don't want to go there because he's he at that point he had like a Rachel from Friends <laughs> hair. So it was not a good environment for him. But um, so I have a lot of experience with the Britpop guys. Mars needed right. more than guitars in Wormwood Scrubs. <laughs> oh boy. I, I know, oh I know boy. more. Well, I love Johnny Marr because Johnny Marr and I have an aversion to bathing. So Wait, I thought that was me. I, I stink. I stink. I stink. What? I stink. I thought that was me. Wait, fucking hell. I thought, I thought that was me. No, I thought that was me. you smell beautiful. <laughs> Wait, no. You can't no. smell me over your smell. No. I smell terrible. No, you smell You smell beautiful. beautiful. No, Barry, I always <laughs> thought you were beautiful and like oh, loving you. and hot and fragrant man, so. I'll take all of those. <laughs> what do you mean you always thought? You don't think it anymore? You still think it? I always that. Oh, yeah, well, thank you. I always think. Almost a boner. You're such a sweetie. <laughs> Wait, I got to finish the Ben Lee thing. Thank you so much. Okay, I'm just embarrassed. And then I have to go talk ahead. about Radiohead because a lot has gone by. Yes, go ahead. So anyway, when Ben Lee did those songs, I was on the phone. I was in the car going to what? Hollywood Racetrack. And then I just immediately called Tom Hanks and let him hear all the songs. He goes, all right, you have a show. Tom Hanks, I'm sorry, Tom Hanks was the producer of the show. Oh, good, good, good. So it's when Ben Lee wrote the songs, and I thought, oh, this show could work, because now you have all the songs. Yeah. I get it. I get how this show works now. So, of course, Ben Lee saved me there. And then, uh, well, let me go back. When I had the three-minute talk show on Comedy Central, mm -hmm. every single night, this is before Jimmy Kimmel did it, I bumped a band called Radiohead. <laughs> every single of my ah. shows. Ah. So I go, uh, our apologies to Radiohead. Enjoy the trip back to England. Good night, everybody. 
So I bumped, I fictitiously bumped someone That's first. Hilarious. I did, I did everyone. That's I did right. every, So, but you're like, the, you're like the little Richard of comedy. <laughs> <laughs> I did that first. No, I did that really? first. Woo! No, it's true. I did no. that first. No, you Michael, know what? You're, it's true. But I'm, I mean, that Michael seriously. Jackson acts like a little girl. I, you know, I did that first. Woo! Yeah. I invented the Beatle. I invented, I invented the Margaret Cho. You I invented did. the Jim Shaw. Woo! I invented a baboon. I invented a smelly armpit. No, no. I invented wait for it. Let me tell you something. I invented callbacks. No, no, let me tell you something, Barry. Nice. Let me tell you something, Barry. Like, when I would watch you in the 80s and 90s, I don't think I've ever seen a comedian do better. You um, embody comedy. Oh, wow. You have a spirit in you. You can do something extraordinary you have something that none of us have and um it's it's the um stream of consciousness it's like it's a it, it is electric oh thank you but it's hard it's hard it's it, it it is a burden too you know it's hard wait i wish you could say those nice things on something people could hear like a podcast oh wait we are doing that yeah <laughs> How can I, I, I understand how can we take you. those words out? You know what we and need put to do? them on, and put them in quotes to, and put them on the to Google. Take that clip and and partner with Apple and put that ever, in everybody's iTunes. Mm. That would be great. <laughs> like like you two just did that with their new album. We're gonna put out Margaret's endorsement of Barry Sobel into everybody's iTunes on Monday. Well, first, uh-huh. thank you so much. Thank you for that. Finally, finding a way to tell people I I used to be great. <laughs> yeah. You are great. no, thank you, thank you so much. But but first of all, thank you so much because I There's I no used to. Oh, about thank it. you. Well, you were generous enough to let me do some shows with you here at, at the Wise no, Guys. No, but in Salt I Lake. always let you do shows with me. Yes. I love you, and and you know I love you. Oh, thank you. But the uh, I had no idea you would say those nice things. No, I love you, and you know when I, I, I think you and I have a lot in common. Oh, we have so much in common. Wait, but let me. Can I just finish the Radiohead thing yeah, <laughs> really go quick? Ahead. Because when I listen to these podcasts, I always get mad when they veer off and they don't come back, and I go, "Oh, well, what happened to the thing?" I hope you don't mind. And no, 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 back. no, 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 no. So, uh, I want to hear it. I want to well, hear it. Oh, here's the, the whole thing. So, I know that if you want to talk about my life, it's a really weird thing. I used to be super famous in the 80s and in the 90s. And then, uh, wow, in the 90s, I was going to be the, there were so many things that happened to me. I was going to be the co-host. This is how I met Blur. I was going to be the co-host of the Magic Johnson show. Oh, shit. I actually oh, filmed shit. the pilot as the co-host. Let me explain again. Not the sidekick, the co-host. Oh, shit. Because I was always down with the brothers and the sisters. Yeah, and I right. was the, I was the only person who was smart enough to go into that audition, I'm not kidding, and make him look good, to refer everything to him. Yeah. Like, do what I could do to make him laugh right. so mm-hmm. he's at ease because he can't really do that job. Mm-hmm. And so I made him look great. And then somehow that put me back on the map. And this is this is how the reason I bring this up is because the only person or the only two people possibly who can understand why I value this would be you guys. What I did with my filming of the Magic Johnson pilot is I was then in the Fox. Uh, this was on 20th Century Fox mm-hmm. publicity system. So I asked for tickets to the weenie roast, mm. and they put me in the in the pit. That's that's what I did with with this of uh, uh, coming back and being famous. So that's where that's I was how in the you front. used your fame is to yes get, is to get tickets to tickets. to shows because I I wanted more than anything. I was the I'm still the kid who wants to be in the front of a rock and roll show. Right. So uh, well, the uh, long story short of this was which one, is what we all are. Mm-hmm. We want to be the front at the. 
wait, which is the which is wait the Rini roast and which is K Rock Acoustic Christmas. Right. K Rock Acoustic Christmas. I'm standing there and I had not seen Radiohead before, and this was the performance of Radiohead where they sang. Uh, uh, nobody does it better. They did the mm-hmm. the uh, the James Bond song. Oh yeah, yeah, and it was the the coolest thing. And I was backstage, and nobody is talking to, and I'm standing next to Tom York, and I had not been a Radiohead fan before, and I was like, oh my god, this is the best band ever. He's like right there, and nobody's when nobody's talking to him, mm-hmm. and so we just start talking, and I go, hey, I'm a comedian, and he's like, he was like really really nice. I go, I love fake plastic trees. And the, the greatest thing about the video of fake plastic trees, and he goes, the thing I hate the most about fake plastic trees and the both time, both at the same exact time, he, we both go, is that T-shirt. Mm-hmm. I love this T-shirt that had a number on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe that's uh, more of a, an international thing to have a kind of a number on your shirt. Like it looks like a, not like a football, kind of rugby kind oh, yeah. of shirt. Yeah, like a sports sort of And fo- he hated shirt. it because the costume person put him in that shirt. Mm-hmm. And I'm... Uh, I'm about to tell you a string of things that I don't believe happened to me in my mm-hmm. life. And again, only maybe you would understand how valuable it could be. So he gave me his actual address to email him or to, mm-hmm. uh, and a phone number to get that shirt from him. Mm-hmm. He was going to oh, give me shit. the shirt. Really? I love it. Wait, 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 wait. This, it's not a happy ending to this wait part of the story. It. Wait, wait for it. <laughs> what are we waiting for? Don't, uh, don't you hate when people go, wait for it? The next year, they're playing the Wiltern, and this is the Benz tour, and I go backstage, and I go, hey, do you remember me? For some reason, oh, okay, you could picture this. Remember I used to have those hip-hop hats on? Yeah, of course. I was like, okay, everywhere I went in the 90s, even if it was like 100 degrees, I had a hip-hop hat mm-hmm. on. Yeah. That was no, almost like your image. That was your yeah. image. Yeah, so for the people who can't see, that's like a Waldo. Like I'm Waldo right, in a place. So, right, so I'm at right, the Benz. Right. So let's say you're a band like Radiohead, and in each city you see somebody. You know, you can't remember who's that person in Cleveland who's kind of the famous person, who's that mm-hmm. person in New York who comes out, who's that person. But nobody would forget the guy in the hip-hop hat. Immediately he goes, oh, yeah, ma, yeah, that, that shirt. Yeah, yeah, you can't have it. <laughs> it's like, what? You know what? I always thought you were like Coco Pelli. You know, like that like um, weird, like, um, I don't know, it's figure, Coco Pelli, like with a crazy like headdress and you're like a clown, but you're a shaman, <laughs> and it's in the in the Sundance catalog for like the Robert Redford like Sundance catalog. <laughs> like I always thought you were Coco Pelle. Oh, I like that. Yeah, I like that. I'm had, gonna I'm gonna have to Google it later to see had, if it was had a you big compliment. Written to him and said, oh, no, no. Bloke. So you never used the address. Well, here's or the, the thing. phone number. If I could, this would be the one place I'm allowed to do this because of like. Uh, in a, do you like Sandra Bernhard? Or okay, you're like to, to me, you're like a Sandra Bernhard. We could talk about celebrities, and it's a good thing rather than we're dropping names. And so uh, I, I don't want to just. I have to jump around because this, this is like very cathartic. So the only place I could say these things would be you guys in yeah. the show. Uh, once I spent a week with Johnny Depp in uh, in Canada, I, I played Barry Sobel on a Twenty One Jump Street. I played myself on a on a Twenty One. I played Street? Barry on a Sobel Jump Street. Tell, uh, well, you tell. Well, what happened was, uh, who's the guy? Dom DeLuise's son, may rest in Peter, peace. Peter DeLuise. Peter DeLuise wants to be a stand up comic, and Barry Sobel is the MC at the club in on Twenty One Jump Street. And I'd already been at a club there, and once I can't even explain how this happened. Once I spend three days not on drugs up in a row as kids with Johnny Depp and Christina Applegate. We were just kids at a hotel, euphoric on being like, they were of course much more famous, but I was like in there and we were just up for three days. The long story short about mm-hmm. this 
is he gave me his number. He goes, hey, man, I don't know how his accent goes. If you're ever in L.A., we should hang out. And I never, I was always, always too scared to call Johnny, Johnny Depp, Depp, Johnny Depp, right? So, of course, I'm way too scared to call it the radio head It was kind of mumbly, guy. though, right? I was going to, you know. <laughs> Wait, you know how they all became British? Like, he became British and Madonna <laughs> became British? So, go, oh, no, David Letterman. Wait, you got really British. I know. <laughs> Wait, who got really good? Madonna. She got really British. Um, so, yeah, of course, I didn't call Tom York. But back at the Wiltern... Uh, he remembers me every time I'd go to any show. This has now happened for ten years. They dead on remember me every single time. Mm-hmm. And so I had the back in that day. They had videotapes, and I was clever enough to bring the videotape of the three minute of uh, the Barry Sobel show mm-hmm. to maybe just give it to the Radiohead guys to show that I'm, I'm doing something. I'm like this comedian. I want them to know. Huh. So I go. Uh, this is the will turn and he goes you want to come to the show tomorrow in san diego i go great i'd love to go to san diego uh and i give him the videotape i get to san diego i get backstage there's no one backstage but me it's san diego Mm -hmm. little dive 200 seat place yeah right and uh i see the bass player of radiohead Mm -hmm. and he goes he goes we have birds they're not pets they just fly overhead I go, wait, what is, what is that? That's something. What is that? He goes, it's from your show. Fred Willard said that. <laughs> I, go, I go, hey, Fred, we have uh, this. I don't know what about birds. And Fred Willard goes, yeah, we have birds. They're not pets. They just fly overhead. So apparently, I was super smart to do this. They had, they had nothing on the bus to watch. They watched all my three-minute shows. That's cool. Oh, that's wonderful. So then this guy, Ed O'Brien, became... And this I is Ed, just, O'Brien. Ed, Ed O'Brien's a of tall course. guy. Of course. He became... I just can I just give you one more Radiohead story? I don't want to bore you with the Radiohead. No, I love no, the Radiohead because I'm, I'm going to jump in on some Radiohead in a minute. Okay, so throughout the years, uh, you can't get tickets. Okay, you'd have to be Margaret Show to get tickets to Radiohead. You'd have to be very civil. Well, I couldn't. I remember this lady at Capitol still mad at me. I have a I have a best friend well, Diane. I know who it is. Sta- <laughs> do you know a lady named no, Stacy? No, no, no. no. Yeah, we won't. I I hounded her one one day to get. I hounded her one day to get into the Hollywood Bowl because I had to because we did this cartoon and I wanted the, I wanted to show the artist that I know Radiohead and mm-hmm. and the entire cartoon of three is done to Radiohead music right so I had to sh- prove to him and then uh, I that was like I super burned that bridge but I get backstage and the long story short is I I could I keep following in the nineties. Here's what I did with my fame: I followed Bruce Springsteen and Radiohead and Blur around. Everywhere. I, I just loved all three. Well, we follow bands too. We follow Wilco. We follow Bob Moulds. We, we understand. Wait, yes. But you're a human being. But you're a human being. You did those things and continued doing your shows and tours. I did those things instead of doing you comedy. You just did those things. You only did that. Yeah, I mean, this is what I would do for well, a living. I know it's that good. you love Squeeze like I love I'll, Squeeze. I love Squeeze. Oh. A kids only love. I want to be good. Is that not enough? Glenn Tilbrook. I mean, we know was one of the most beautiful men in the world, right. and like up the junction when they did it on top of the pops, he played drums and sang, and um, I think that was the ultimate. Like he was the most beautiful man in rock. Well, that's okay, and then it's still Damon Albarn. I now. think. It's well, still Damon Albarn's different. That's a Damon Albarn is such a dreamy real <sighs> life, and he's better the now. Ni- the nicest person Gorgeous. ever, and he had really good taste in women. Oh yeah, he's the greatest. He's- Wait, so. Let me just finish this. Okay, and then, go ahead. And finish, then we'll get did this. you finish the Radiohead story? Wait, wait for it. Go ahead. Wait, don't. Ed O'Brien. Oh, uh, okay. There's, there's no way. 
Gideon Yeager. Okay, Gideon Yeager was the guy who did the MTV News. Yeah. Okay, so I went to the Gorge uh, again because I'm doing nothing with my whole life but being famous. And I could explain. What's the Gorge? The Gorge is this Washington State. The place in Washington, the most gorgeous place to ever see a oh. concert here on oh, a hill. Is it? You're looking um, at the sunset. Um, what is that? What, what is it? A festival up there? They do have a music festival, but, but this was this was there, but yeah. this was yeah. one night just Radiohead, and here's how I played it that year because I wasn't Margaret Cho, I wasn't I wasn't oh, Jim Short. You're you. Well, here's what happened. I didn't want to stress people out for the Hollywood tickets or the Santa Barbara, which is the second choice. So I'm going to go to the Gorge to see Radiohead because I still have to see them because I want to see every year if they still remember me. Because that's the thing: do they remember me? They're they're my band. By the way, I have every poster on the wall. I have every giant poster. I'm the kid. Who went to the record store and would beg for every poster when I finished with it? So oh, I'm yeah, that, the I'm promotional that person. poster. When, when, remember when they would write your name on the back of the thing? Oh, yeah, like you would be the first one they would. Call I'd be the when person it was, when it was uh, when it was up for grabs. Oh wow, that is that is true. When you go to Tower Records and you'd see that that like the stand that they would put the CDs on, you go, you do, and you'd ask me, go, like, is, is anything going to happen with that one? You know, well, we'll put your name on the. They would always write your name on the back. And you, they would call you first. They really did, though. Yeah. They really did. I did get a call. I have the big uh, kid A. I have the big amnesiac. And anyway, the point was I go to the kid, kid A and amnesiac came out as double That's right. separate albums or CDs. I don't know what the kids call it. And then so I'm at the Gorge as the only person backstage again just because I played it right. I didn't go to Hollywood Bowl. I didn't go to the Hollywood Bowl. I'd have to be more famous than Leonardo to talk to them, and more famous than Gwyneth Paltrow. Exactly. More famous than Margaret Cho, which, by the way, I did see you at Squeeze at the Hollywood Bowl. Can I just say one thing about Bowl. Leonardo? Um, Leonardo and I, in 1992, were um, at uh, like the begin- beginning of the year. Leonardo and I were like on the LA Weekly, like ones to watch. Oh wow! Like these are the gonna the the be be the big stars. And there's one column of me and one column of Leonardo. And I was like, that's so weird. Like, now I think back on it, and I was like, I don't know if I've done all I should have done. Like, my potential is lost. I was going go to go the other way. Whatever happened to that guy? I was going to have you have someone has to do that in that situation. Someone has to make that joke. Leo, Jim. who? Who? Someone has to make that Leo joke. Leo, who, love? We we did a ginger, we did a nice versions of that joke, but I hate when, when people do that on the radio. What happened to that guy? Right. All right. But anyway, let me just finish this Radiohead story. So I'm at the Gorge, two albums come out, and I'm talking to Ed O'Brien. Ed O'Brien is a very yeah. nice man. He and I He's also collaborated with Neil Finn, another friend of the show. We smoke a joint because he does smoke a joint then and he will tell you later on he quit it after he had his baby. And then uh we smoke a joint, and I'm telling him, I go, you know, when you go, I don't know how you do this, when you go backstage to meet people, I always start thinking, well, what am I going to say to them? And I always like to pick out, like, that moment in the show this happened. I always like to pick out the thing to make people love that, I don't want to ask the thing that everyone asks, uh, to ingratiate yourself to the, the giant superstar. But anyway, out of nowhere, so it's a smoking joint, I'm in a conversation, I go, so this was supposed to be like, a, why not a double album? And he goes, uh, I, I wait. I'm, I don't know whose accent I have right now. I have a little bit of yours. I'll just, I'll, this will be my head over. He goes, uh, Hey, man, a double albums never work, do they? I don't know. Is that English a little bit? Is that, I just want to make sorry. sure. Do you want me to say it? Yeah. You, you, you say. So uh, why not, Ed, why, not, why wasn't this like just like a double album? Oh, mate, double albums never work. That's if that's what Ed O'Brien said, and I, I say to Ed O'Brien, I go, I go, Are you kidding? What about, uh, what about the White Album? What about, uh, 
What about Tommy by the Who? What about he stops? What about the Wall? And what about the Wall? But he goes, I ne- he goes, uh, and you'll, I, I'll say what he says, and then you'll say it again. He goes, he goes, I never, I never heard Tommy from the Who. So that's, you'll say this as I don't <laughs> So. So I go, what about Tommy from The Who? I've never heard Tommy from The Who. And then I go, and, I'm, and sometimes I do this, I jump up and down, I go, what? You're Ed O'Brien from Radiohead, and you've never heard Tommy from The Who? I, I'm going to bring it for you the next time I see you. Okay, now, Margaret, you're probably at a lot of shows, and probably people say to you, oh, I'm going to do this for you, do that, and they, they don't really mean it because they have to make an effort. People, I go t- People mean it, though. Well, they do. In music, they do. Well, but, well, here's what happens. Apparently, not to him because I go to Santa Barbara like a few months later with mm-hmm. Gideon Diego. It's important. I'm in the back seat. His brother is driving. He has like a satchel, some some sort of bag that you could put albums in. Yeah. Because otherwise, if I if I'm not with Gideon Diego, there's no way I bought Tommy from the Who for Ed O'Brien. There's mm-hmm. no way. A, I don't have it. I don't have it hooked up to go backstage, yeah. and I don't have a way to sneak the album in to the thing, but I'm with Gideon Diego has a satchel, and he's from MTV, mm-hmm. so we get backstage, and I, and I see Ed O'Brien, mm-hmm. and uh, I give him Tommy from The Who. He remembers the conversation. He almost starts crying. Oh. He, goes, he goes, and I'll say what he goes, and then you say it. He goes, oh, I, I can't believe you remember this, mate. Aww. I can't. Hang on. I can't, be- I, can, I can't, can't just believe say- I can't believe that you remember this, mate. I like that, but can I just say for the record, he didn't say hang on. Can we do another one? Oh, okay. I'm sorry. So I go, uh, this is Tommy, <laughs> this is Tommy from the Who. And I say to this and, and and he's and and he's like almost crying and he says to me I can't believe that you remembered this, mate. It's exactly what he said. Almost oh, just like that. Amazing. <laughs> I even and have a so, tear. I even have a tear. Oh. And so I've ingratiated myself to him for the rest of his life. And what he would do now, I would no longer try to get Tickets from, I think this is a man named Steve Martin. Steve Martin is actually the man, not our favorite comedian, who's actually the head of Nasty, something Nasty Publicity. Mm. Nasty, based on Hello, Hello Nasty Publicity? Nasty, nasty Girl Publicity? Nasty something. And uh, I, I'm sorry, I do go to Steve Martin every time I go, like, Ed, I'm a friend of Ed O'Brien's. Ed O'Brien, this is the reason I'm telling you this just gigantic long story. Uh-huh. From here on in, even up to when I saw you in Atlanta, this actually, I forgot this comes around to you. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, this is, how I, this is how I came back into your life, where you came back into my life. Uh, even up to Atlanta, Ed O'Brien puts me in the audience closest to him. Mm. Because when at the Hollywood Bowl, Leonardo, your friend Leonardo from yes. the thing in the column with you, and, and our friends Johnny Depp, all those people, nobody moves when they mm-hmm. watch Radiohead, but I jump up and down for the entire concert. So it's very hard for them to play a show like the Hollywood Bowl unless mm-hmm. somebody is enjoying it. So he would put me in right. front of him to watch me dance. Yeah. He would actually oh. say, just like a John Travolta thing, I don't dance, I'm just jumping up and down. <laughs> so he always gives me tickets because I'm still the kid who wants to enjoy myself at the show. Because you love it. So, so can we get over? How's it go? Now we get around. Pause. How does this? This is going I think very that's well. Really brilliant. That's it. That's um, it. I that's just, just want to say something, and can you just not not interrupt? Because I want to say something <laughs> really important, Barry. I'm just going to say I'm gonna something. Take, I'm going to take Baz's mic for a second. Okay, I'm going to say something really important. Okay, and it's a wait for it because the audience not listening is not going to understand because they are not. Um, with us and they didn't go to the show. So just listen. Barry, I, um, I love you. And I've been watching you for 30 years. 
and you're an amazing comedian, and I envied you, and I thought, um, when, when in the late 90s and like the not, like, like, I know that you had a hard time, but I'm, I'm, I'm looking at the Barry from the mid 80s, and you are the same, and you were so profound to me. Like, you were the, you, you were the golden child. You were gonna go there, and I want you to come back there. I want you to be that again. You have the ability that nobody has, and I love you, and I'm so grateful that you're off the pills. And, um, you know, I just, I'm just proud. I love you. I think you're amazing. And you're so funny, and you get insecure. You get anxious, and you get scared. But you're really, really, really one of my idols. And I'm so grateful to know you. But I know you get down in yourself. And, and you get worked up, and... I just want you to do comedy because I love you. And I understand the pill thing. I, I've had that. I mean, I've died several times. Okay, on, what's that? Um, well, I, I am a Vicodin, Percocet kind of lady. But the problem with me is that I don't like, like, I don't like morphine because it's too pure. So I like um, the acetaminophen in it. But the problem is it builds up in my liver. So it'll kill me. So I know that, and I know that desperation, and I know that harrowing sadness and crazy feeling. And you know, I've had suicidal moments, and I understand. But I, I just want you to live because I love you, and I want to see you do comedy. This is beautiful. She also wants to add that she's never heard Tommy. By the Who. Thank no, you. I don't like. Thank I, you. The thing about the Who. Okay, I don't like the Who. Wait, this is why I don't I like. What happened to me? Okay, what happened to stuff about me? Let's go back to Aaron. What about stuff about me? Briefly, I don't like the Who because I was fucking a guy that was in the Who. In the Who or in the supplemental band of the supplemental Who? Supplemental band. Because it Who. basically it's either you were fucking Pete Townsend or Roger Daltrey. No, uh, I was fucking a guy in the, in the Who. Which who? I've never heard the story. It turns out she was fucking somebody in the Guess Who. <laughs> wait, Guess Who? Wait, was, wait for it. I was wait fucking for, a guy wait, in nice. the Who, and um, he he was like one of the four guys. Yeah, but it's just a weird it, it's just a weird thing, and I've never even heard this shit. Doctor Liam I, Social, I heard a lot of it. So <laughs> I, even I'm like, oh, all right. I just want to acknowledge for the people listening to this podcast. I had a lot of nice stories where the guy from Radiohead likes to watch me dance. I think that's all. So lovely. so it'd be the kid in the front. So he gives me tickets. You on the other hand were actually fucking some member of the band. Barry, I hate to disappoint you, but like I'm not so pure. I've fucked so many um, of our idols, and what? they've been so disappointing. You, I, I don't know how this show works. So are, you to, even, are you allowed to even, say that? Are you allowed to even say beyond? Don't meet your idols. Don't fuck your idols. Don't. I fucked a lot of our idols, and like comedy idols and rock idols. Eric Idol, <laughs> Billy Idol, <laughs> Billy Idol Junior. Is another Billy Idol? Billy Idol Junior. <laughs> 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 that was brilliant. <laughs> nice. That is a nice. 
I think that you're associated with Radiohead. I, I saw them in 95. They, they middled at the Warfield. They were in the middle for Soul Asylum. I saw them headline the, 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 the Fillmore the next year. Oh, oh wow. but I love Soul Asylum. They love comedy, and that's why they watched your thing. But it's just, you know, because the Benz is dedicated to Bill Hicks. Yeah, wow. that's the thing. It's like all they're about real big comedy. comedy fans. Yeah, and and their their name of their first album, Pablo Honey, is from underground um, telephone uh, uh, prank call tapes. Yeah, you ever heard those? No. When somebody because it's called Pablo Honey, somebody called up somebody, named Pablo, and said, Pablo, Pablo, Pablo Honey, are you washing your ass, Pablo? <laughs> and the, those guys have an amazing sense of humor, and yeah. they really love comedy. So I could see them really being into you. No, they'd be into you. But that was nothing compared to Blur. <laughs> but I'm sorry, Norman. Thank you so much. I don't know. That was a terrible transition. While you were talking, I all I could you. think about, thank you so much, is wait. <laughs> I mean, uh, as a guy listening to the podcast, even though I'm in it, and by the way, again, thank you for your compliments. It's unbelievable what you said. Mm. I can't even process it. You've been so nice to me since I met you. I just want you guys to get along because I think oh, you're he's, really he's the sweetest. We well, along. no, I, we lo- I love Jim. Jim's my right hand. And. You're my love. So oh, thank you. But all I could think of, and I appreciate the compliments, and I want to veer off. But as a listener to the podcast, I'm dying to know: Are you allowed to say some of the people that you had sex with? <laughs> I don't some of the say, I, idols? I don't want to say because I don't want it to be. Because like, you said our idols. Can I just tell you some of my idols? And yeah. maybe if it, I don't mean to be like Letterman. Have you ever seen when Letterman has a good guest and he says, like, "Let me just well, read you Letterman, some of these." Mm-hmm. Well, Letterman, let me tell you, Letterman. When I did Letterman, uh oh, um, uh oh. Uh, he's he, one of my idols. Well, yeah, he's one of mine too. But he kissed me nine times, uh, once right in the middle of my palm, mm-hmm. and I was back at the hotel after I did the show, and I was really like waiting for him to call me, because I thought he would, but he didn't. You know who called me? That's Quite either. possibly, that's ladies and not, gentlemen. That's actually that. my all-time idol of comedy. Great is, um, with me. Obsessed, was obsessed with fucking me. Did did you fuck him? No, he's so old. I can't. No. This, this is old too? This is well, old. I was 17 and was like just like obsessed with fucking me. And I'm like, no. We have to cut this out, by the way. All right, fair cut enough. Cut the all of it out? No, or no, just no, no, no. The, just the names. Bleep the, bleep the names. No, we're going to bleep the names. Okay, fair enough. Do I get a bleep? I, I'll, I'll change the pitch on his impression so you won't be able to tell who it is. <laughs> I think I did the impression. Okay, I don't know. Okay, but here, here's... Okay, I'm just going to tell you a list of my idols, and if you want to say anything about them, okay. these are my idols. I don't know if Do you it. have the same idols. Make it like in, in the in the uh, All the President's Men oh. in the movie where you're on the phone talking to the source, <laughs> and you're like, if, if, I, if I say the right thing, you just... <clears throat> you cough. <laughs> well, I cannot believe that you might have had sex with someone. Some of my idols, of course. Uh, okay. I don't know. I, I don't. Just it's say, all over the place. Just say who? Uh, Richard Pryor. We had tension. Tension. Yeah. Because Richard Pryor, like, um, was really wanting. He he was in the wheelchair at that point. And he really wanted me to. Um, he he was sort of like passing the torch. Like he really wanted me to like do stuff with him and like. When he was dying, we did a thing at Largo at the Cor- Cornet. We were like doing stuff together, and I was crying because he was so sick that I couldn't. In the wheelchair. Yeah, I couldn't. I, this. I, I, I just couldn't deal with it. But even in the wheelchair, 
he was like, I know your your pussy's wet. Say that again, please. <laughs> I know your pussy's wet. He could yeah. smell your pussy's wet. Yeah. He even in the wheelchair. I know sweat. R- R- Richard Pryor was like, you got a wet pussy. <laughs> like, that's that's kind of a hot story though. That's kind of dope. I, think I mean, that's, that's Richard Pryor. Well, I used to be really pretty. There was this. Wait, new, wait. You used to be really pretty. There's no to use really, to about it. No, oh, you're, you're still go. gorgeous. You guys, you're, I love you. You're that's, sensationally sexy. Used to be very pretty, but now you're sensationally sexy. Oh, you're sweet. No, you look like right as I sit across from you. You're adorable. Oh, you're like I hands down you. adorable. But 20 years ago, I was like super cuter. I could fucking. Mm, oh, you're still a creep though. Check. Still, but oh, 20 Thank years ago, everyone. But you. But. So anyway, Richard so here's Bryan. my my, my some of my Bryan. idols, uh, Chevy Rich- Chase. Wait, who? Chevy Chase. Chevy Chase. Dan Aykroyd. No, just kidding. He is an are, I'm making some of these up. Some some other way. Well, I'm going to tell you how I'm going to play the game. Some of these are my idols, and some are just I'm just making okay, up jokes. So we've got to figure out whether she's that, fucked them and whether you're serious. Yes, yeah, so these are yeah. two different things. You can have a thing going as well. You maybe you're the person who does. Okay, here's a, so okay. Chevy. So we don't have to go really long with each one. Chevy Chase. Go on. Chevy. Go, uh, never uh, t- never fuck them. Dan Aykroyd, of course. No. <laughs> Uh, other idols I've had, mm, Bill Murray. Think. Bill Murray. Uh, yeah. Oh um, yeah, Bill Murray is actually an idol. Bill he's, Mar- he's a super idol. He at uh, Bill Mar and I. Uh, no, no Bill, B- Murray. Bill Murray. Bill Murray. Oh no, 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 no. But Brian Doyle, Doyle Murray. Does, yeah, that does not count as anything. You yeah. did not he's, hang he's out with Brian Doyle. He's still brilliant though. No, Wait. he's brilliant, but he in a Caddyshack way. He he adores me mm-hmm. so. Did you now? Were you about to say Bill Maher? Bill Maher, okay, but let, let this is my Bill Maher. Like, but guess I don't know if we're gonna get cut out because it depends on her answer. But guess what, Margaret Cho, okay, but guess what? But you know, all who, right, you know, you know. You Wait, know did you, did, is this one of the people? You know, no, no, he who 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 really wants to fuck Charles Grodin. Wants to fuck you? Yeah. Still. Mm-hmm. On a Margaret Cho midnight run. How old is he? Eighty. Where did, now, where did you come in contact? And, and when are you going to say if you did some of these things? <laughs> we, we've been talking. Like, we, 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 we talked. And, yeah. No, he was like, if I was, if I was 50 years younger. <laughs> uh, I have some more idols. Another <laughs> idol of mine is Sandra Bernhardt. Oh, well, she and I have quite a past. Yeah. What? This I is like the coolest thing of, ever. I got her a bunch of gigs, like, in Atlanta. And um, she considered me her agent at one point okay yeah she's amazing i love her i don't so. think that answers the question i think it veers away from it. I, I, the you, question wasn't did you did you or were you an agent to these people the question was not whether you represented these people well i got i Sandra think was a that, lot of gigs i made her if, money, if you know what so. i'm saying she's the best she's great i wait that wasn't the game. <laughs> who did you fuck? Wait, like, who did you fuck? Baz, okay, so Baz, say. the rules have changed. Uh, the Baz. rules have changed. Keep going. That now it's like that movie, The Game, with Michael You're, Douglas, I and now I'm in the game. I'm the game is playing idols. me. I want to hear idols. <laughs> the game is playing me. This is, the, this is the greatest episode we've ever had. We've ever Hold had. On. And we've had some Really, great, my idols? Some fucking great episodes. Okay, if you want to talk about my real idols, I'm just going to take my real idols, and then we can get back to who I think could right. be on your idol list. My real idols, my all-time idol, of course, is Bruce these, Springsteen. These are your idols. Yeah. Just oh, I not love Bruce. Bruce that she's fucked. Your Springsteen. Yeah, you, yeah, I love Bruce. But, but she said our idols. I fucked some of your, our idols. Okay. I so, fucked okay. quite a few. So you're, okay, Bruce play, Springsteen. You're no, the game. Here's, here's my legitimate one. My number one idol of all time, of course, is Bruce Springsteen. Yeah, I love him. I see that in you. You love him. Wait, wait, how's the game work? No, no. But did you fuck Bruce Springsteen? He's like your dad. He's he's like, she did. She fucked Bruce Springsteen. He fucked her for three hours. 
He told stories. No, no, he fucked her for four hours and stories. Ah, this is great to be in your apartment. I can't believe you live in a downtown loft on the bad side of town. When you get a red light, you go through it. Okay, so we don't know. I don't know if you fuck Bruce Springsteen or not. Just gonna get some more idols. My, my other idol is the band, as we mentioned previously in the show, that was from an hour ago. Radiohead and the band Blur. These are my idols. I used to um, a little bit of a phone sex with like what 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 is what is it? Phone, phone sex phone? counts. Phone sex. Yeah, that definitely counts. With Bill Hicks. Bill Hicks. He was. He was he was the what bench, Radiohead the band is, is, is uh, de- dedicated to him, so it's still oh within it's still within the question. Yeah, that's so pretty that's, legendary. That's pretty. He legendary. is one of my idols, of course. He, Bill Hicks. He would like he would call up Tishon. Yeah. And um, I I was living with Tishon at the time, and I would pick up the phone, and he'd be like, "Oh, hey, darling." Where's your man? And I'm like, ah, oh, uh, that's he's such out. a good Bill Hicks like, having phone he's sex. He's out. He's out. He's like, oh, what are you doing? And uh, so we would have a little bit of like, oh, that's good. Yeah. So, I've but had no, that. not anybody from Radiohead or Blur. No, no. Or, or Gorillas. Or the good, the bad, and the queen. These are offshoots of Blur. Mm. Let me get back to the uh, who else are idols in comedy? All I got well, is the Huda Gurus. Wait, uh, actually, I'm sorry, the, the late, of course, George Carlin. Oh. And Martin well, Mull. Let me just throw everyone at you. No. Like, George Carlin, Martin Mull, Steve Martin. Anyone well, in that group? No, no, let's start. Let's, let's, let's throw them out in groups. No, but, but these, are, these are idols, though. These no, are let, idols. I'm let, like, yeah, yeah. Let, yeah. Let's start with Can, George Carlin. Before you finish, let me say, I'll say all four in a row, and then you could go. Ready? Okay. Uh, uh, so George Carlin, Martin Mull, Steve Martin, and also... From the Who recently are four of my <laughs> idols. So anyone, can I? Do, are we supposed to be funny? We are expecting. Um, George Carr. Okay, up. let's start with George. Oh my George, god. George. Um, getting lightheaded. George loved me. He um, sent me uh, books, and he was like, "You are amazing." And he he and I had like a sort of a whatever email relationship. It's like oh, that's weird. Cool. And then when he died, the family. Really wanted me to come and like honor him at the Mark. Twi- he was honored with Mark Twain Award in Washington D.C. So it was like was like a really 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 amazing honor. So George, I love um, Margaret Cho, man. Margaret Cho, the best. This, this is my this is my. I flipped you're, it on you. I flipped it. I just <laughs> want to see if anyone's paying attention to the podcast. But when, when, Margaret when, Cho, man. When we Margaret Cho. Margaret fucking Cho. That's my George Carlin. <laughs> but when we did the big like tribute to him in Washington, D.C., like, uh, Joan, was, Joan Rivers was working on jokes all night, like trying to make it good. And um, I didn't get there till really late. And so we, we just had different approaches. But I loved George. George Carlin was great. So Steve Martin, Martin Mull. Martin Mull. I, I love them both. Okay. They're the best. No booms. <laughs> Didn't <laughs> fuck them. I also like from the Who. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wait, who are some of your idols? This this could help in the game, I think. Well, I love you guys. I love Bill Hooks. I love, um, I don't know. Sam Kinison? Oh, yes. You messed around with Sam Kinison? No, no, no. I didn't know him, but I loved him. That was Tamayo. That's yeah. Tamayo, you know Tamayo Suki? Mm-hmm. He does. Wow. I never met her. Oh wow, she's nice. But I'm a big fan. Where's Tamayo Suki these days? I don't know. I I worked with her a long, long time ago. Oh wow. Hmm. 
All I right. got really drink of our vodka. I mean, I have drunk too. Okay, so that's uh, any more idols that you have that you want to mention? That you really? Oh, I'm sorry. John, I was going to say no. Johnny, Je- Johnny Depp and, and, and Leonardo DiCaprio. Well, Leonardo, I don't know. Johnny and I helped free Damien Eccles from prison. So I love Johnny. Okay. So we have a little connection. All right. So, yeah. But Barry, I love you. Wait, am I one of the people? I love you, Barry. <laughs> did I, did yeah. I was, was I one of the people? Let me give, yeah. my, let me give my idols. Mess around? Let me give my idols. Barry Sobel. Okay, I think we messed around. You want to talk about that gig you after Detroit? I, wait, what? <laughs> wait, can I, can I make this? It doesn't have to be real, the podcast. We messed around no, after. Do we make up? After the Kobo Arena. <laughs> after I've, a Pistons, Barry, after a Pistons heard, game. I've heard <laughs> that Barry fucking really, really is. is it, they, when <laughs> people make out with you, they're like, fuck, I didn't know it was that good. <laughs> Shaking okay. like no, 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 that was that was. Oh, that's I'm gonna be cutting so much shit out you of this. Cut this out. I'm just you have to cut out. Up. Okay, so I, I drank too much. I, I'm not used to alcohol anymore. I'm not drinking. By the way, when do we get our second drink? Do we get our second? Can you pour bartender? Gave, no, I gave you all here. I'll give you all. No, I could use some more, just lemonade. Okay. I don't, I, I, I don't okay, know how I got so drunk. I, I haven't been drinking yeah, so much, so like this is really like really drunk for me. Like I I saved it for you. Thank you so much. I, by the way, I also got syphilis from the Doug Stanhope uh, oh. podcast. <laughs> I, I always pick the wrong podcasts. Always pick the wrong podcasts. But That's I, easy to I see. love you that you <laughs> did our podcast. Thank you. Thanks for coming. Thank you so much, and thank you for having me on your shows. And giving me a chance to do stand-up comedy but again. Barry, I have, but I, I haven't been. You. Oh, thank you so much. And Jim, I love you as well. You're, oh, I love you too. You're huh? a great, a great, great Barry, person. You're a legend. And a fantastic so comedian. Funny. What did um? What did? Thank so, you. So you become friends with with the, the blur. What did da- uh, you talk? Wait, I thought that was the end of the podcast. Oh, are we done? <laughs> That's no, we're not done. Go <laughs> I'm gonna eat because I'm so fucked up. You have some. Uh, Wait, don't. If we're those people at home, don't don't. We're back. We're taking and a, we're out of we're back. Momentary, momentary break. Radiohead will not be with us tonight. You told us a great Damon story last night. Hmm. No, when I was at, not that Coachello, but because uh, because I was famous from the Magic Johnson pilot. That's all. Oh, let me I ask, get tickets let me ask to this. Head, yes. So you didn't get the gig though, right? The luckiest break of my life to be fired from that gig. Yeah, yeah. Um, so because I did the pilot because I know who did get the gig. Right, uh, uh, Craig Shoemaker, yeah. the love. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Here's one, what happened. One of, one of my idols. Mm-hmm. Uh, apparently, a lot of bad things happened in my career. Uh, a, I'm going to write a, a book where Eddie Murphy f's me over. <laughs> the, uh, can was, can any of this be told, or you want to save it for the book? I'll save that for the book. All right, all right. But then, uh, with the help of Arsenio Hall, never mm-hmm. had me on his show, which I read in your bio. You were on his show. Out of nowhere, he recommends times. me. Yeah. Uh, well, you were awesome, Arsenio. So I was in that whole crowd, and somehow, the long story short of this is, I think Arsenio recommended me to Magic Johnson, who then hired me for the show. I remember seeing him outside the comedy store. Somebody did some bad backstabbing. I was going to be in Coming to America. Oh, no shit. I was going to be the white guy down with the two brothers at the McRonald's. You would have been perfect. You I would. Well, I was. I actually yeah. was hired... Uh, I was recommended by Eddie Murphy and Arsenio Hall. I went to John Landis. I improvised. He hired me. I was like six weeks. I got paid thirty thousand dollars. They get a call. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna. That's one of the most heartbreaking stories of my life. I think that's where everything went wrong. I was gonna go. My career was gonna go up here. 
I was going to become, let's say, a movie star because I was going to be, that's exactly where I should have been, was in those scenes, being the white guy down with the brothers. It, it went from what I was doing into like, yo, yo, yo. I remember in the audition, I could even remember going, yo, I guess there wasn't a lot of extra crumbs in Africa. Oh, snap. Oh, so I was like, and then I got the role. And then uh, I had the role for three months and I was ready to do this. And this was going to be what's going to happen in my life. And like two weeks before, get a call from like the guy Bob Wax to my manager going, uh, we're going to use Louis Anderson instead. Like, what? And uh, we, owe, we owe Barry a favor. And then my manager went, you owe him $30,000 and a favor. <laughs> and then they tried to get out of the money and oh, tried shit. to not pay me after I was hired. And then, uh, so I was going to be that. And that was like the most devastating thing to me in my life. I told the story to Chris Rock and he has more devastating Eddie Murphy stories and his almost tops mine. Mm-hmm. But the point about it was I sort of probably never recovered from that. I don't know if bad things happen to you in your, in your show business life. I don't know. If, I don't, I was never going to be a stand up comedian. So a lot of people go like, well, that's what happens when you think and these things happen to you. But I was always going to not be that. I just fell into it. So I wasn't ready for these bad things. But the point about that was out of nowhere, years later, I get to be the co-host of the Magic Johnson show in Arsenio mm-hmm. Hall is at the comedy store. And, he, and I think what happened, in my opinion, was it was going to be the first five or six weeks of filming the movie. And Arsenio had never been in a movie before. And clearly, I was going to upstage someone in those scenes as they, as they, that's what they hired me to do is be the guy who's going to get the laughs. Yeah. But maybe, in my opinion, I think he axed me out of the movie like weeks before because they had, I had talked to John Landis about it and John Landis was nice enough to meet me in the first day of production because I was so sad about this. Mm-hmm. And he was such a nice man. He met me at his office to console me. Just nobody ever does that when you get fired from something. Yeah. Yeah. And he goes, well, I couldn't argue. I didn't know it was. Eddie and Arsenio, he goes, I couldn't argue with both those guys about this. I have so, too many other battles to try to win. So he tipped off that Arsenio was one of the people to axe me out of those scenes and the movie. And they hired Louis Anderson to instead make fun of the fat white guy at McDonald's instead of what? being down. Hmm. So maybe he didn't want me to be in the first few weeks of filming because he's never acted before Arsenio Hall. So out of nowhere, years later, I see him at the comedy store. He goes, I don't know what ever happened. He just tips it off again. He goes, I'm so glad you got the magic pilot. I helped have this happen. And I don't know what ever happened with that Eddie Murphy movie. It's like off his conscience. We never spoke about it for six years. But I'm glad now you're going to be in a place where you should be in your career. So I get the job. I'm with Magic Johnson. I believe, I, I tried to explain this to my manager who says I shouldn't exactly explain this story like it is. But I believe... Mag- I, I'm, I'm giving you a different version of the story. Mm-hmm. I believe I taught Magic Johnson how to read off of cue cards or oh, really? something. Wow. There was something bad about his ability to do something, but he's the greatest ambassador of the world. He's one of the greatest guys. I was helping him read off cue cards for three months. I was trying to teach him how to do comedy. And then we shot the show. He wasn't that great at the time interviewing people, but... The day before the show, as the co-host, remember I was like, I'm the co-host, not even the sidekick like mm-hmm. I am. The day before, they took me out of being the co-host, and they just had me come in and out to do these bits we planned. I think they knew they were going to fire me the next day because they could just take it out of the taping. Yeah. I was in the Johnny Carson studio where they did the Tonight Show. Jimmy Fallon was my only friend at the taping. I did this weekend update kind of thing with Magic. But now the night before we decide Magic's not going to be in it. So I just do like the Dennis Miller weekend update. Destroy. Everything I did on the pilot, I killed as my witness is Jimmy Fallon. 
And then I was fired the next day. They go, okay, we got that. You don't have to come in anymore. So I was devastated again till the show went on the air and uh, they had Craig Shoemaker. Who, the love master. The love master who Howard Stern annihilated every single day on the radio. <laughs> what did he say? Oh, he said it was the most uh, uh, inferior uh, amateur thing ever. Oh, my God. But then I talked the, to Craig about that. The whole show or just about Craig? Especially Craig and especially okay. about, Magic Johnson. I mean, this guy can't do anything. This, this guy doesn't embarrass him. He railed on the show every single oh day. God. One of his things for each hour, he would rail on it every single day and say how terrible Craig Shoemaker right. was. If that would have been me, I would have been, I would never have been able to recover from that. And then Craig mm-hmm. Shoemaker tells me, I meet him uh, after the whole thing is over. Mm-hmm. And he goes, yeah, just like you, they never even talked to me. Like Magic, mm-hmm. they, nobody ever talked to me. Right. So the first night of the Magic Johnson hour, the first intro to his sidekick now, not the, uh, not the co-host, is the Craig Shoemaker goes, mm-hmm. and now a man who's never funny, <laughs> Craig Shoemaker. Oh Do you remember that? That was, that, was the, that was setting up the entire TV series, how huh. much they're going to not like Craig Shoemaker. Yeah. You know? oh Poor Craig Shoemaker. So I'm, I was, it was the luckiest thing for me not to be that guy because I would have mm-hmm. never been able to handle that. So it was lucky that I was fired from that. Having said that, it did get me tickets to the <laughs> Wayne Roast <laughs> where uh, Damon Alburn, uh, I met him and we also smoked a joint. Mm-hmm. And then uh, he was going, oh, you're going to do, I go, I can't stay for the rest of the show. Okay, this is the Weenie Roast. This is the first time you're going to love this story. This is the first time Oasis and Blur had ever been on the same show together, ever. Oh, wow. And the, but they were all pissed off at each other in the Correct. UK, though, right? So, okay. Correct. But okay. now Blur is on in the middle of the afternoon and Oasis is on at the end because that's the way they positioned it in America that they're much uh, uh, more important. So, Damon, uh, I'm, with my, I'm with my friend uh, uh, Tao. And uh, we get two tickets, and I'm in the absolute front middle of the 20,000 people. And I'm not kidding. I'm, uh, my, one of my favorite songs is uh, uh, This Is A Low, But it, it Won't Harm You. This is a low, but it won't hurt you. You probably want to do the English version. I don't know if you want to sing it. This is a low, <laughs> it won't <laughs> hurt you. <laughs> He's doing the only English stuff. I could swear Margaret Cho and Jim. Sure. I could swear... Damon Albarn was just looking in this, my just eyes. Tell me this. When you do the audiobook and you read it, let me do the English voices. Okay. I mean, uh-huh. okay. I'm right. a drunk and I'm sort of agreeing. Okay, but okay. If I can get someone <laughs> big, to be drunk. honest, if I get someone look, bigger, look, I won't. Guys, if I can I, get, I'm too drunk to continue. Wait, wait, just one minute. I'll, fi- I'll finish the story in one okay, minute and we'll wrap do up do the it. show. He, he sings a song. He sings it at me. I can't believe I'm. I'm imagining is he singing at me? And I go backstage and I go. I, I was a little drunk or something. Were you singing this is a low right at me? Like in my eyes, he goes, oh, yeah, mate, this is 20,000 people. Nobody knows who we are, and it was good to see a friendly face in the front. Again, I had the hat on. And then we smoke a joint. He goes, well, are oh, you doing a show? I go, I'm going to go to the comedy store to do a show right now. He goes, oh, you're going to be there Monday? We're staying at the Hyatt. And I go, uh, yes, I'm doing a show Monday. I wasn't. I, again, I lied a little. And then I put a show together. And Damon Albarn and Blur came to see me. Mm. Kick ass. It was the most important show of my life. Mm. Uh, they were on the side, and I kept saying, This is like nobody understood. I go, This is like having the Beatles here. And then a year later, he went on tour with a friend of mine, uh, James Frank from uh, the Bloodhound Gang, Jimmy Pop. Mm-hmm. And he's in Iceland, and Jimmy Pop calls, and he goes, "Yeah, Damon Albarn is bragging." He goes, "I saw Barry Sobel in in, in- mm-hmm. I saw Barry Sobel at the comedy store. He wiped the floor with everyone, mm-hmm. and that was my biggest 
thing of my whole life that he was bragging about me in another country i love it and he was always the coolest person to me till i met you guys who who love me even more than damon albert what did he say what did he say to you the, the, the recent thing that he said to you you know Margaret, Jim, we're all a little, we're all, uh, we've all aged a bit. You look beautiful. You look beautiful. I think Damon Albarn's one of the most beautiful men on the planet. He's, sure. He certainly has the most beautiful soul, and he's also quite a good-looking guy. And he's, he's aged a very really funny, well. fantastic man. And so I'm backstage. And I'm going. I go. I go. I go. Damon Albarn, you you look so great. You know, it doesn't even look like you're forty, or it doesn't even uh-huh. look like this. He goes. He goes. I go. I go. I mean, you don't even look older. And then he goes. We're all getting older, darling. Mm. I, I, I know. Darling. That's what, that's what makes it. Darling. Thank you, darling, for having me on the show. And thank you, darling, for having me on the show. Mm-hmm. It was Cheers. quite an honor. Cheers, love. This is, this, I don't think I'm ever no, going to have a better podcast. No, Barry, podcast. I mean it, though. I love you. Thank you. I love you, too, Margaret Hill. You know you do. I love you too, Jim. Sure. Where can people reach you? I'm, I'll, I'll do the, the stuff. Do, do, I'm too drunk. Do Where the... can people find you and find your work? And. Uh, um, are the clips of the of the three minute talk show online? Can they find them there? The clips of the three minute talk show are on elstudio.com and please Hulu. Watch them. On Hulu.com. But you have to it's hard to do it. You have to put all ben those Lee. words with Ben Lee into the loading bar. The three minute talk show with Barry Sobo and three is the number. Either that or just Barry will come by with actual videotapes to your house. Especially if you're going to San Diego the next day. <laughs> Thank you so much. I, I love being on the show. I, I, and what's your Twitter? Barry, it's Barry Sobel. Instagram is Barry Sobel underscore so much. 03. I'm serious. I'm so glad that you You can came. reach Margaret Cho at Margaret Cho. Please. Monsters of Talk at Monsters of Talk. You can um, reach me at Jimmy Shelter. Mm-hmm. Get and, Jimmy uh, Shelter. Where can, where can, we, where, where, where can they re- reach both of us? Jimmy at, Shelter. At Monsters of Talk. Mm-hmm. Wait, wait. Can I just do one joke that could have been appropriate? You could, yes. In, I think the Rolling Stones have changed in our technical song. They're doing a new song. Like, hey, hey, you. Keep your naked photos off our iCloud. <laughs> that really wasn't necessary. No, I no, think, that was good. That was I think good. We, we really had an but ending I earlier. Want, I want everybody to, to know that I know I'm really drunk right now, which is like surprising. Like, I don't really do this and get this way, but I want people to know that I, I've been following Barry for so long, and I love him. And I want you to look at his work and know that He's somebody that influenced me and that created me. So thanks for being here. That's quite an honor. And thank you so much. And thank you, Jim. Thank you, Jim. Thank thanks, you, everyone, for thank listening. Thank you, darling. We're all getting older, darling. <laughs> hey, so we closed out the show, but it was kind of weird last night. So this is the second night, and we're back in the room with Barry. Because Barry, Barry and I went and had some Mexican food after we talked. And, um, and you told me some amazing more stories. And you wanted to come back on and just sort of, uh, just sort of uh, 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 wrap it up. Well, first of all, why do you have to lie to the people? We've all had a sleep over here. And we've yes. never left the room. We never left the room. We've I been mean, sleeping here all this time. We've been sleeping here. I mean, why do you got to... I, didn't, I thought this was about truth and honesty. I, I know. Was, I was trying to, I was trying to like, was. be mysterious about it. Like, like, you know, the mystery of Mexican food. We'd throw people off the trail. <laughs> but we actually all uh, had a slumber party here in this room, in this lovely hotel. And um, <laughs> don't you remember. There's no vodka in there. There's none left to eat. <laughs> We're going to have to remember the thing. We like drank all the vodka yesterday. That was like really sad because 
We don't have any more left. But I'll, I have a well, question. You, you sure? mentioned so many times that the, the hat, the hat is what um, people would look for in the crowd, Ed O'Brien and people like that, because you always had on the hat. Was it the same hat every time? No, it was uh, many, always many different. I had a lot of hip hop hats. Mm-hmm. And I always, uh, there was even a show where uh, I was going to be the host, but then I wasn't available. And I wanted to be the host. And, and then I decided someone else should be the host. It was called Lip Service on MTV, where I was, uh, it was like, a, like a, the first time people lip synced songs. And they would have judges. Oh, okay. And do you remember? Lip, I don't know. Do you remember lip service? No. It was, it was, so it would be me, and next to me would be like Spinderella. Or, uh, oh shit! Or, yeah, yeah. Or Guru, may he rest in peace. Or, I did so many shows with Salt and Pepper. Salt and Pepper, the great. I did so many fucking shows with Salt and Pepper, and they never say hi to me now. What? And I'm like, what? Makes you want to shoop. shoop. Makes you want to shoop. 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 I, I, I see them all around. What do you want to say to them, Shoop? Go Shoop your... I'm like, these bitches. Well, well, Spinderella was always super nice. I'm I think, sure. I think, didn't she marry my friend Kenny Anderson or had something to do with this? Or, uh, I, think, I think so. I, I might have been, I don't know. Either, either way, the, the point is, the point to your story was, so every day, it was the weirdest thing, it was like the gong show. So I'd be like, I'd have a different hip hop hat on. So I bought like hundreds of them. Oh, Where are so they that now? Be, wow. That's, well, what, that's, I, that's what I said. Where are those hats now? Well, this is, I'm so glad you brought this up because I just moved. I finally sold that house in Venice Beach. It was a three-level house, and I couldn't understand how I was ever going to get out in my real life out from under this million-dollar house. That's one of the reasons that I had a breakdown that we didn't even speak about. Yeah. But one of the weird things about the breakdown was I couldn't ever imagine what would I do with all this stuff? I had thousands of videotapes of me as a VJ on MTV. Back in those days, there were yeah. videos. Yeah. Yeah. So I'd be like, what do I do with all these things? So just recently, I took out of storage a uh, AstroTurf MTV bag. I said MTV with Astro, that was made out of AstroTurf, and there's hundreds of hip-hop hats on. Would you, would you like some of the hats? Oh, I would, I'd love one of your hats. I, I don't know what to do with these hats. I that was, would be kind of cool. Maybe you can auction some of them off. I, 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 again, would love to be at a level where I think anyone would want any maybe, of stuff maybe if through we, this podcast. Well, well, Barry's also working on a documentary. Maybe a Kickstarter. Wait uh, for perk, it. But wait for it. <laughs> maybe a Kickstarter perk would be if you donate X amount of money to the movie, you get one of those hats. Mm-hmm. I, I would, anything to do with it. Please get rid of these hats for me. Mm-hmm. Oh, I think you have a nice cool. hat on right now. I do have a nice mm-hmm. hat because my hair's unruly and I need to have it, uh, 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 something over it. But I think that would be if, you know, with the movie, if you want to fund it, maybe you could Kickstarter it and like what you get is one of Barry's hats. That yeah, that's a MTV. good idea. I think, that, I think that's really cool. But that's real money. That's not just like 25, <laughs> not bullshitting around. Like fucking I didn't, real donors. This, by the way, I didn't get even know this was hats. a Kickstarter. Does, you this guys, has become a Kickstarter. You guys well, it been, might. It might. I, I was just having, I had to give a, a friend of mine a ride to Utah and I was just having then, a regular life till I ran into Jim Short and Margaret Cho, and they put me on the show. And now my life has changed. There's, could you say, could you say that again? Everything's different. I'm too tired to do this. You guys have to go. Okay. All right. We're, we're, we're out of I want to thank this. Was this a better ending? No, I, I think we ended it already. But you know, you want to tell that story about Paul McCartney really quickly? Do you want to? Did you did you have other stories that you wanted to get? He had a, he had a Drake say the story, but you know what? To, oh, Drake. We'll, okay, you tell the story. Will, no, we you will talk, talk about. We'll talk to Barry no, again. Okay, Margaret's in, so if you're listening, oh. Margaret's here. She hasn't gone, she, but I she's just here, over there. I'm not going to talk anymore because I want to hear about Drake. Okay. Well, you remember. Well, here's the thing is, it was the craziest thing. It, it was, 
it was just the craziest thing that uh remember remember margaret how you'd said that uh you were in margaret was in interview magazine with leo leo dicaprio you were both on the cover of what interview with you and leo so DiCaprio? you were you were in interview magazine with leonardo dicaprio and it was a very big deal for you to both be there uh i had a friend who was my contemporary who was my hero his name is drake sather he was one of the best comedians ever and uh he also wrote the movie Zoolander. He worked on news radio. He worked on the Larry Sanders show. He worked in Saturday Night Live. But he wrote Zoolander. So Zoolander is all Drake Sather. And even, uh, even Dennis Miller, with the, uh, I, uh, the way Dennis Miller's character is, I think that's taken from uh, the comedian Drake Sather. And because Drake and I, and I think this is why you would love this, uh, Drake and I always wanted to be rock stars instead of comedians. So we both wanted to be in Interview Magazine, especially back in the day when Interview Magazine was big. Yeah. I mean, literally big. And so out of nowhere, there's a comedy issue and the page, I'm on one side of the page and then the other side is Drake Sather. So we shared the same exact page in Interview Magazine. So it was the coolest thing. So I just thought of it because uh, how you guys were together, you and Leonardo DiCaprio on the same magazine. But Drake was, that was a... I mean, we just had the passing of Robin Williams, and Robin Williams uh, committed suicide, and uh, the first person to ever commit suicide that was just, it was just the most devastating thing in the world, uh, was Drake Sather. And, uh, that was horrible. Drake Sather was, I mean, he had so much liver, he had, you know when you, you show people your, the, your pictures of, the, of your kids, and they're like, oh, that kid's kind of cute, and maybe it's a good kid, and maybe, he had the most, he had the four most special kids ever in the world. I've never seen, his kids were like the Royal Tenenbaums and five years old. Tristan's like a, a chess champion and baby Rudy's like a superstar. And I've never seen kids like this. So he had the four greatest kids in the world. And uh, when Drake committed suicide, uh, it was, uh, the, that funeral was like, there's hundreds of people and everyone was just hysterical crying and nobody, that was like the first time that anyone really passed away and uh, of their own doing. And then, uh, then years later, Mitch Hedberg passed away. And then, and now, uh, with the Robin Williams thing, if I, if I could just mention while we're on the topic, Robin Williams, uh, to me, I was 17 years old and you grew up in San Francisco and uh, I just moved out here and the coolest thing about it was in 1978, I saw Bruce Springsteen in Winterland. I was at that exact show. I'd never seen Bruce Springsteen before. And then just a little while later, uh, I was really interested in improv. And this guy, John Elk, he had an uh, improv group called Spaghetti Jam. And he goes, oh, you like this? You like? Let me, let me take you to see this guy. He takes me to see Robin Williams first time at the Great American Music Hall. It's the first oh, time man. Robin Williams plays at the Great American Music Hall. Wow. And that's when he's doing the material for reality what a concept mm -hmm. and so he comes out as the alien it's like nanu and he's and he's doing feelings but he's doing it as an alien i can't do it nanu sababaza nanu i've never seen anything like that and he does the russian character before so he's invented this character before time and i've always wanted to be and i've always thought about being a comedian and then all of a sudden quite possibly but I don't know if you didn't want to fuck Barry, so you didn't want to be like that much like. And if you listen to the podcast earlier, unless we're going to put this earlier and then later, you'll find out in the podcast. 
wanted to have sex with Margaret Cho. No, not me. A 17-year-old Margaret Cho. Ladies and gentlemen, quite statute of limitation, quite possibly, he, depending he, on the area she, where you find the Margaret Cho. It could be a she, crime illegal in some areas. She couldn't stop his leg or his hands. <laughs> <laughs> Are we, that's a fantastic. That's a. It's really great. That's a fantastic. We, that's, we didn't have that much comedy in yesterday's part of the podcast. We had so we much did, serious we greatness. Did, but yeah, but we, it was oh, amazing. Well, here's the thing about Robin Weems. So he was like, it was so profound that he played Mork because he was like from another planet. I never saw anyone do comedy like that. What I loved about him most was in that hour, hour and a half Great American Musical. There was no setups at all he would just do boom 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 he would go like he would go the russian character into this into the evangelist the evangelist what is the russian character i i can't do it as much that he'd be like uh that's the same kind of accent he used in moscow on the hudson oh, he, yeah, just, yeah. Like, he, he invented all this he stuff did that. he came on as like a russian character in fact right. Le- letterman did that tribute and he said when they when they first saw him at the comedy store Oh, no, they said he came up as the uh, as the as a Scottish man, but somebody else said he he. he um, there's been so many tributes. Somebody no, 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 he, no. Letterman had said that he thought he was Scottish, but he came up as the Russian character. Who's this right, guy from Scotland? Because right. yeah, he yeah, looked yeah. Scottish. And then so uh, I don't know. Robin Williams. What what I love. Then he would just uh, he would do the the alien. Then he would do the Russian guy. No setups. Mm-hmm. And then he would go for those of you on drugs. Follow me through the whoa 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 whoa. But. Then he walked from the front to the back of the stage in slow motion, mm. like an acid uh, or LSD thing. Trip sort of thing, yeah. But nobody had ever done that. No one was able to ever do anything like that before where they could do all the physicality. And and every single thing was super genius. And here's the thing about him. And I'm, I've listened to all these people talk about Robin. What they miss was that Robin Williams had the best joke, the quintessential joke about every single thing, every single time. Yeah. And also, he dressed cool. He was a a cool, different person. He literally was, because we're from San Francisco, he was our rock star. We happen to have the the greatest comedian probably ever uh, was was our rock star. And the thing, um, like, we're so lucky that this is who we had from San Francisco. And I was in this improv group after Spaghetti Jam. I was in this improv group called Papaya Juice at the Holy City Zoo. Papaya Juice. I wasn't even... for them. Yeah. At the I Holy City Zoo. Yeah. Uh, so we would do a four-hour improv show. And this is the craziest thing. I'm only a kid. I'm a teenager in an improv group. And coming up from the Comedy Store Players, coming up from shooting Mork and Mindy every other weekend was Robin Williams who just do a guest appearance. And the Holy City Zoo held maybe sixty people. I remember was it Mark Miller who said that it was like a bowl it was like a one lane bowling alley was the Holy City Zoo. Right? So here's what people don't understand is when they would hear that Robin Williams was there, Clement Street, people would run out of every single bar. This is before the internet, before texting, they would run down the streets to get into the Holy City Zoo to see this phenomenon that was Robin Williams. Just like the Hard right. Day's Night, he was the Beatles. Right. Robin Williams was the Beatles. He was just like one, like all four in one Beatle. Mm-hmm. And we, you know, I lived across the street, so I saw that every night. I would see him like a couple times a week for several years living there. And, you know, you get used to that. Like, I'm, I think that's like so priceless. I think that's why I love comedy so much is because I saw so much of him, you know? And that place was so special. 
And we were we were treated to the most special comedy scene ever. 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 That's so why lucky. people move they still move to San Francisco because of that. It's not like because that of, anymore though. No, but just people still come there because of that legend, you know? Right. But That's the, why uh, I moved there. So I mean Robin Williams again was just like uh the last thing I wanted to tell you was uh so I think if you look at the Facebook, the one thing we've learned about Robin Williams is that Apparently, he took a photo with every single person ever in comedy who now says that they're friends. Uh, I don't, I don't have s- any photos with him except for um, the official comic relief photos that we did. I have, the only ones I have. I have some photos, but I'm saying every single person took a picture, and it's all on the Facebook. And, uh, and they're all like, we're, uh, you know, I, this is my friend Robin Williams. Like I, like, I worked with Robin Williams a million times when I was a kid, and uh, I don't want to say we were friends because... I know him, and he was unbelievably nice and generous to me. But I mean, we never went bowling. <laughs> we never. So, um, but I was the luckiest person in the world to know him and work with him. Uh, so I'm going the other way with it. But I do want to say this. So I was a little kid in those improv groups, and then I moved to the comedy store, and then I became, as Margaret Cho told you on the podcast, a very important thing in comedy. I, I can't I'm even believe you I said that. I'm sorry I couldn't replicate it in the video, but I'm sure it was very sincere yesterday when I was going into that. Oh, no, I can't believe. When you gave me a compliment earlier in the podcast, it was like I was on the Oprah Winfrey show and she was giving me my life at Barry Sobel, you're the greatest. No, wait, I love you, Barry. You oh, already you. knew that, though. Well, so here's what, thank you so much. Well, what happened was when I got better and I got to be a comedian who, uh, I was at the comedy store and Mitzi was very generous to me and uh, one night, uh, there was a benefit show, and I was the host. And on that show was just everyone. And then came Sam Kinison, and then came Eddie Murphy in this order, and then came who could top Eddie Murphy, Richard Pryor, and then came well, this is the longest four-hour show. Who could top fucking Richard Pryor? And then it was Robin Williams because nobody wanted to follow Robin Williams. Yeah. And then Robin Williams, of follow, course, follow Richard Pryor. And yeah, nobody, Richard. yeah, every Robin Williams is the last. Nobody wants to follow Robin, Richard Pryor, Eddie Murphy, Sam Kinison. Nobody wants to follow Robin. Robin Williams closed that show, but here's what happens. So, okay, of course, he's the greatest ever, and all these legends around. He takes his time to come up to me and to tell me, Oh, you've really gotten sensational. He, he hadn't seen me in so many years. Mm-hmm. I was the host, and I all I wanted was the compliment from Robin Williams. Did he see what I do? Because he was, oh, I'm sorry, I never mentioned this. Robin Williams was my hero and my idol. And so he tells me that, and then I see him at the other cafe 30th reunion show at the Palace of Fine Arts. Oh, I remember that show, yeah. And that was during a time where I don't think I've mentioned it too much on this show, but I was definitely dying. I was definitely not going to live. I only accepted, I was too nervous to do a show with uh, all my heroes, Dana Carvey and Paula Poundstone, and Robin Williams would be there, and just everyone, because I... I couldn't even live. So I just, again, accepted that. I said, yes, I'll do it, knowing full well I'll be dead before I'll ever get to that show. But there I had to do the show, and I did the show. And then there was Robin Williams. And this is why I guess I haven't, it hasn't hit me that much that he's passed away or I haven't been as sad. Because at that show, uh, I went up to him and I went, I just want to tell you, do you remember back at the comedy store in that big show where you followed all those people? You took your time and you came over to me to tell me that I had gotten great and it just meant the whole world to me. And so I got to tell him how much, I go, and you, you're, you've meant the whole world to me. So I got to tell him how much he meant to me. So I feel like I already did that. And so 
a lot of times in life when somebody passes, you don't get to tell them that. And then I was doing that talk show that we mentioned previous in the, in the podcast, the three-minute talk show with Barry Sobel, produced by Tom Hanks with Ben Lee, the musical director that I got because he was doing stuff with Margaret Cho. And then uh, I go, and I'm really nervous to do this, but I can't not do this because I've never had a talk show before. You got to try. I go, hey, Robin, I have this new talk show right there. He goes, when and where? He stops me so I don't have to uh, be nervous to ask him. He goes, just when and where, and I'll be there. And then, and then he was, and it was the greatest thing. So I want to thank you for giving me the extra time on this. That's great. The and Monsters we're, we're, of Talk. We're glad that you're here. Well, thank you so an much. Time. And that's why I loved Robin Williams, and that's why I love Jim Short and Margaret Cho. Yay, Baz! Thanks, Baz. Thanks, guys.